You're listening to the Ion New York podcast for Monday, January 14th, 2019. I'm Robert Harding, the Citizen's Political Reporter, and this podcast is presented by The Citizen. Uh, today I'll be going over a couple of topics, uh, including one that's of uh, significance for today. Uh, later on uh, today, uh, this afternoon, I believe, uh, the state legislature is due to take up uh, several bills uh, designed to improve the way elections are administered in New York, uh, make make voting uh, more accessible uh, to New Yorkers, uh, and so that'll be the main focus. Uh, also wanted to discuss just briefly uh, some of the proposals that Governor Andrew Cuomo released over the weekend ahead of his uh, State of the State uh, Executive Budget Address on Tuesday. He's kind of rolling out, uh, as he has in years past, uh, some of the, uh, you know, some of the proposals that he plans to outline, uh, you know, on Tuesday. Um, these are part of his uh, legislative agenda for the year. Uh, it'll be part of his spending plan. And so he's getting that out there uh, so that uh, in all likelihood, uh, he'll be able to touch on some other issues uh, that he plans to focus on uh, in the coming year and uh, uh, and highlight those and give those a greater emphasis uh, during his remarks on Tuesday. Uh, but first, I uh, wanted to talk about uh, the, the schedule for the day uh, with uh, the State Senate and State Assembly uh, in all likelihood passing a slew of bills, uh, election reform measures, uh, that uh, the, these are bills that have been top Democratic priorities in the past. Uh, you know, they've passed out of the state assembly, but uh, when the state senate was controlled by Republicans, uh, these bills didn't advance. They weren't considered, um, uh, at least with one exception, uh, and I'll get to that in a moment. But um, the bills, uh, you know, I'll just kind of summarize them. There's seven bills here. Uh, a couple of them, uh, no excuse absentee voting and same-day voter registration will require uh, amending the Constitution. So these are actually constitutional amendments uh, that are being proposed uh, to allow for both of those things, to allow for uh, no excuse absentee voting in New York and for same-day voter registration. Um, there's also a bill to allow early voting. Uh, this is something that's been uh, pushed for many years. Uh, this is probably, out of all the proposals uh, being considered today the most significant because there is a, uh, a sizable price tag that comes with it. Uh, the New York State Association of uh, New York State Association of Counties on Friday, late Friday, uh, put out a statement uh, saying that they uh, essentially that they oppose this unless there's funding attached uh, because uh, without that funding it can be a significant burden. Uh, for, for counties uh, throughout New York and especially uh, smaller counties that already are uh, struggling financially and so to give this to them uh, with uh, no sort of uh, with, with no level of state support uh, can it would be difficult to administer difficult to implement uh, and so uh, that was a concern raised by the State Association of Counties uh, I did, you know, there was some reaction to that that, uh, you know, and I think people uh, read it the wrong way that, 
you know, oh, well, too bad, you know, this is going uh, anyway. Well, even if you talk to the, you know, the people who will be administering this that, that support it, uh, and I had Dustin Zarni, uh, the Onondaga County Elections Commissioner, the Democratic Elections Commissioner, uh, on this podcast uh, within the last uh, month or so, uh, and, you know, all of the supporters, I, I think, agree that, yeah, you know, the state needs to state needs to help out uh, with the implement, implementation of this. The locals shouldn't be uh, uh, asked to take on this burden and to uh, implement it without any sort of uh, support from the state. Uh, and so uh, last year, uh, there, there was a, a few million dollars set aside uh, for for the implementation of early voting, uh, and so this will have to be something that's dealt with in the budget. Uh, this bill today uh, doesn't. There's no uh, funding stream attached to it again because it's being dealt with outside of the budget. Um, uh, the, any funding for early voting would have to be dealt with uh, during the budget budget process. But um, uh, again, this is one of the key proposals part of this election reform agenda. Uh, and uh, it will be advancing today. Uh, also in the mix, uh, uh, pre-registration for minors. Uh, there's been talk about this before, especially in that 16, 17-year-old age group that, uh, you know, for example, might be signing up for a uh, learner's permit. Uh, at the DMV, the idea is that they would be automatically um, registered uh, or at least, uh, you know, have that option available to them. Uh, when they're registering uh, for various uh, DMV documents or uh, it could be uh, some other state agency. Uh, Universal transfer of registration, another bill that will be considered today. Uh, And then finally, closing the uh, LLC loophole. This has been talked about for many years. The loophole now as it exists, uh, if you're a wealthy individual, you can create several uh, limited liability corporations and it's a way to circumvent uh, the existing uh, campaign finance limits. Uh, there are limits on how much uh, an, L- an LLC can give, uh, but there's no limit on, uh, uh, on how many LLCs you can have. And so what ends up happening is that, uh, you know, if you're a wealthy individual, real estate developer, what have you, uh, you can create multiple LLCs and use that to funnel money to various candidates and, and party committees. So, um, and then lastly, uh, and this is the one that uh, you know kind of has been dealt with in the past, but there was no agreement on when the Republicans controlled the state Senate and Democrats controlled the state assembly, uh, consolidating the primaries. Now, since I believe 2012. Uh, and this was due to a federal judge's order. There's a uh, there's a federal law, uh, I believe it's called, uh, 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 dealing with the uh, allowing for uh, you know a good a decent amount of time for uh, military ballots to be distributed uh, to uh, the appropriate voters. And the idea was that. Uh, you know, you give time between a state's primary and the general election for you to do that. While in the federal judge, uh, federal court's assessment, New York's primary uh, didn't achieve that. And so a federal judge uh, only has oversight over the federal primaries, move the federal primary. So we're talking uh, 
congressional, you know, House races, Senate races to late June. And that's where the primary has been uh, since 2012. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, we've covered uh, in the last couple of cycles, 2016 and 2018, there have been congressional primaries uh, right here in central New York. So uh, in, in both cases, uh, the primary elections were held uh, in late June. Uh, why that's challenging is that uh, while the congressional primary is in late June, the state and local primary, because the federal judge doesn't have jurisdiction over that, uh, the ability to move that, the state and local primary is still in September. Uh, and so there's been talk for, for years of consolidating the primaries because it is an added cost uh, to put on another election. Uh, and in some cases, uh, you look back at what happened in 2016, the presidential uh, election was that year. There, were president, there was the presidential primary in April. Then you had the congressional primary in June. Then you had the state and local primary in September. And then, of course, the general election in November. So you had four elections that year. Uh, and, you know, in, primary, or in presidential election years, uh, you're not going to avoid, you know, having multiple elections. You're always going to have a primary, a general, and in the case every four years, uh, a presidential primary. Uh, those, uh, those tend to be separate. They tend to be earlier uh, in the year. Um, but, uh, you know, in this case, uh, what happened uh, for years was that uh, Democrats proposed moving the primary to June uh, and consolidating it with the federal primary. Uh, Republicans uh, wanted to consolidate it but move it to August. Uh, and so this was a uh, back and forth. Uh, there was never any sort of uh, agreement reached. Uh, and you have to really question, you know, with the the, uh, the the seriousness at which any negotiations took place because it seemed, uh, you know, uh, whether it was the Assembly or Senate, uh, they were uh, fine with reintroducing these bills, uh, uh, you know, every every session and just taking them up and kind of grandstanding over the June versus August uh, primaries. Well, now uh, Democrats control both houses of the legislature and consolidating the primary is a much more realistic goal. Uh, and they, uh, they're looking at consolidating the primaries into a June date. Uh, and, uh, you know, the goal there is to uh, reduce the number of elections, especially during uh, presidential election years. Uh, now you'll go from uh, likely four down to three. Uh, and then uh, also ensuring that those federal primaries and the state and local primaries are on the same day. Uh, instead of having them on separate days, uh, which is the case now, um, there has been some. You know, I've heard, I've seen some criticism on social media of the, about this. Heard some criticism about it as well. That uh, having the primary in June would mean that you're circulating petitions in February. Um, I'm not sure what that's based on because right now, the primary in June, for example, the primary that we just had. Uh, the federal primary anyway, uh, petitions started circulating in March, and the, that process concluded in April. So, yes, it can snow. Uh, yes, it's darker. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, the thought of, uh, you know, trying to say that it, it you know, it would require, um, uh, you know, passing petitions in the dead of winter 
uh, isn't necessarily true. Um, you know, for at least part of that time, it'll likely be in what's technically spring. Now, certainly, those of us in upstate New York know that uh, spring can be kind of volatile around here, uh, but uh, but not, nonetheless, you know, what we've seen in the past is that the petitioning process extends from March to April and not uh, February uh, or any point earlier. And so um, it, presumably uh, that will remain the case. Uh, I haven't seen anything to suggest that uh, they would push the petitioning process back even further. If you look at the petitioning process for uh, the state and local primary, it would begin in June and end in July. Uh, so it would begin in June, three months before the primary. If you look at a June primary, uh, you know, you're talking about beginning it in March. So I'm not sure where uh, February came in. I've seen that from a few people, uh, seen that feedback from a few people, uh, and I'm not sure where uh, that would come in. Uh, the only way you would see a, a February primary, I think, is if the pri- uh, fe- February petitioning process um, uh, is if the primary was in May or earlier, if it was in May or April, for example. But um, uh, but that shouldn't be an issue. The the as we've seen with the congressional campaigns, uh, you know, they especially here in Central New York, there have been two congressional primaries, uh, 2016, 2018. Uh, in 2016, uh, three uh, candidates circulated petitions. Uh, in 2018, there were two candidates, and uh, to my knowledge, I never heard of any issues with, uh, you know, weather or um, you know passing circuit passing uh, petitions, you know, in the dark. Um, you know, there is, uh, you know, there is time, especially on weekends, to circulate petitions during the day, uh, and uh, you know, uh, you know, you could cir- certainly circulate petitions. Uh, during the day uh, on weekdays. And so, you know, the notion of having to worry about the dark, uh, it seems like there is a way to work around that. Is it ideal compared to, you know, having to pass petitions, you know, during what really what really is the summer months? Uh, no, because, you know, of course, you have more time, more daylight, but still somehow five candidates uh, for... Congress in central New York have been able to circulate these petitions uh, successfully uh, in the past couple of years, uh, past few years, and uh, didn't have any issue. They were able to get on the ballot. And uh, so, you know, I think it's a moot point. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, uh, you know, not, not necessarily a strong argument uh, against uh, consolidating the primaries that, uh, oh, you know, we'll We'll have to circulate petitions in the dark. Well, you know, congressional candidates have been doing that for years now, uh, albeit on the on the Democratic side. Uh, Republicans may have a different perspective on this because they haven't had to do it. Uh, the only time they came close to a primary was 2014. Uh, and uh, still, though, uh, you know, Congressman Kako, uh, who's been on the ballot, his team has had to circulate petitions still. Uh, so... Uh, it's you know really no no different uh, situation. They still have had to do that. So uh, you know not sure where uh, the justification for that complaint comes in. Um, but uh, you know we'll see what happens with the consolidated primary. Uh, I, I think uh, 
Uh, Governor Cuomo is on board with this idea. Um, it just hasn't been, uh, uh, at least with this, when the Republicans controlled the Senate, it wasn't high priority because they, um, uh, I think from the Democratic side of things, they didn't think that uh, they would be able to get anything done with it, that the Republicans were holding fast, uh, uh, or they were holding steady with uh, the idea of uh, doing a August primary. And, um, you know, uh, there, there really wasn't any movement on that side of things. So uh, so we'll see uh, where this goes from here. Uh, these uh, proposals, uh, to my knowledge anyway, based on uh, Governor Cuomo's remarks uh, last month uh, when, when he outlined his agenda for 2019, uh, you know, there's support from him for all of these. Uh, there are others that he uh, called for, for example, making Election Day a state holiday. Uh, that's not in the mix here. Um, he also talked about uh, vote by mail, uh, which, uh, you know, no excuse absentee voting is kind of part of, but, it, you know, voting by mail would require, you know, additional action and potentially, um, uh, um, uh, you know, constitutional amendment. And so, uh, so uh, with with that, um, you know, there might be some additional reforms uh, coming down, but, uh, you know, at least the ones that uh, the state legislature will take up today, uh, Cuomo uh, is on board with. Uh, so we'll see if he does act quickly uh, in signing these um, or if there's, you know, some pause for certain proposals. For example, I think of early voting because of the budget line item that would be required. Uh, in the past, he hasn't uh, Cuomo hasn't been a fan of doing things outside of the budget that require an appropriation uh, like early voting, and so we'll see if uh, we'll see what action's taken there. Uh, but uh, that is the plan for today. They will take up these bills, and uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, I did talk to State Senator Bob Antonacci uh, about these bills on Friday. Uh, I wrote he was the focus of my column on Sunday. Uh, looking at his first week in office, uh, and he's you know he favors. He mentioned support for a couple of these bills. Uh, uh, he doesn't have any problem with no excuse absentee voting. Uh, in fact, he thought that uh, that would be a good alternative for early voting. He's not uh, too keen on uh, on early voting, uh, even though most states do it. Uh, but he um, did say that no excuse absentee voting could be could really address some of the problems that uh, early voting, uh, at least proponents of early voting, think that early voting could address. Um, he also uh, favors uh, closing the LLC loophole. I believe that's long overdue. Uh, but some of the other uh, measures he uh, 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 either wasn't a fan of or uh, didn't highlight uh, uh, any support for them. So, uh, So we'll see how... Uh, the members vote today. Uh, I imagine that there might be some that get bipartisan support, and there might be others that uh, that don't. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the votes play out, especially in the Senate um, uh, today. Uh, wanted to close with just kind of some highlights of the weekend uh, with Governor Cuomo unveiling some of the proposals that will be part of his uh, 2019 agenda. We already knew about some of these uh, because of a speech he gave uh, last month. Uh, but he did uh, 
but um, but now he's coming out with a little bit more detail about what he's looking for. Um, one that came out on Sunday was he's looking to expand the state's bottle bill. This is the bill that um, uh, basically makes possible the, the five-cent redemption on soda cans and bottles of water, for example. Uh, he wants to expand that to include things like Gatorade bottles. You know, Right now, if you look at uh, Gatorade bottles, uh, there's no deposit on there for New York. Uh, this would change that. Um, it would apply to other things, too, like ready-to-drink uh, uh, coffee and teas, um, energy drinks, uh, fruit and vegetable beverages, uh, things like that. So uh, he's looking to expand that. Uh, he also, uh, once again, called for a ban on single-use plastic bags. Uh, this isn't a new proposal. Uh, he, he called for this last year. Uh, there was a task force report done that came out uh, early last year. Uh, this was one of the recommendations. Uh, he finally introduced a bill. Uh, this was after, I believe, the state budget was passed. Uh, he introduced a bill that would um, impose such a ban on single-use plastic bags but didn't go anywhere. Um, uh, so we'll see if there's um, any action taken on that uh, this term. Uh, and then if you go back to Saturday, uh, he made some news with uh, uh, his plan to raise the legal age of uh, the legal age to purchase uh, e-cigarette and tobacco products. Uh, right now, that age is 18, at least for tobacco products. Uh, it would be raised to 21. Uh, we'll see where that goes because there there could be bipartisan support on both sides of the debate. Um, or bipartisan uh, uh, positions, shall we say, on both sides of it. Uh, there's certainly support uh, for adjusting the uh, minimum age to buy these products, uh, but there's also some opposition, people who feel that uh, taking this action um, you know, really wouldn't achieve much, that there's uh, other steps the state can take uh, to combat the use, especially with e-cigarettes, uh, the use among uh, youths. Uh, so we'll see where this goes uh, in this session. Uh, and then uh, if you go back to last week, uh, you know, he came out some came out with some uh, different proposals as well. So he's kind of, uh, you know, easing into uh, his address on Tuesday. He'll likely touch on a lot of uh, big issues uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and, uh, you know, he wants to get some of these out there so that he can spend less time on those and more on maybe some of the bigger ticket items uh, that he wants to talk about. And certainly, uh, as he unveils his spending plan, uh, talk about how uh, he's going to pay for it all. So, uh, busy week ahead. Uh, again, Tuesday, uh, Cuomo will deliver his joint uh, State of the State and Executive Budget Address. Uh, so we'll be following that. You can follow my coverage on AuburnPub.com. Uh, I will have a podcast tomorrow morning uh, previewing his address, uh, things to look out for, uh, and uh, and what I think you know some of those achievements could be this year. Uh, what what could he get done? What won't he get done? Uh, with the state legislature being of the same party, uh, and then uh, you know we'll continue podcast later this week, uh, Thursday. Uh, I'm not sure when it's airing, but I will be uh, part of a panel uh, that's taping uh, for this Connect New York series. It's a PBS series uh, that airs around the state. 
um, uh, Susan Arbetter will be hosting, and there's a uh, uh, a star-studded panel, uh, I would say, uh, that's part of it. We'll be talking about the 2019 session and Cuomo's agenda. Uh, I don't know yet when it will air, but again, we're taping that on Thursday, uh, so I'll uh, I'll keep you posted on that uh, when you can expect that to see uh, when you can expect to see that on uh, your local PBS affiliate. Uh, for those in Central New York, that's WCNY. For those elsewhere, uh, could be something else. I know in uh, Rochester, for example, it's WXXI. Uh, so I'll keep you posted on, on what I can find out about that. Uh, but again, uh, we're taping that Thursday. Uh, it will likely air either that day or sometime later. Uh, I'm not sure yet. Not sure yet on the timing, but just wanted to bring that to your attention. Uh, and so, and we're also following uh, on the federal side of things the ongoing shutdown. Uh, Congressman John Katko, the uh, Syracuse area representative, he has cast some votes. Uh, there was one just last week that would reopen uh, uh, the Interior Department, for example, the department that oversees national parks. Uh, it would also uh, reopen some of the environmental uh, departments and agencies and things. So um, uh, those bills likely won't go anywhere, but the House Democrats have been putting them forward. Uh, an attempt to reopen the government, and CACO has been one of the few uh, Republicans, uh, around 10 or a dozen or so, uh, along with Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, uh, who has supported these bills to reopen uh, certain government agencies uh, so far, and he's supported some broader uh, shutdown ending measures as well, but uh, they haven't advanced uh, uh, the shutdown uh, for now. Uh, is entering, I believe it's been over three weeks now uh, that the shutdown has been in place. It's the longest government shutdown in history, uh, and it all has to do with the debate over uh, really $5 billion uh, to build a wall along the southern border. This is one of President Trump's uh, campaign promises from 2016. He wants to follow through on it. Uh, he had a House Republican majority for two years, uh, along with a Senate Republican majority, and uh, there wasn't enough support among House Republican uh, House Republicans for that time. And you know, how many times did were there shutdown threats or actual shutdowns? Uh, and uh, you know, there was talk of you know Trump really holding them to the the money for the border wall. And then, you know, this last time, uh, he does it again. And now uh, he's in a tussle with Democrats who, you know, if you thought that the Republicans didn't want the border wall before, just just uh, think of how, uh, just think of where the Democrats stand on this issue and, and uh, the fact that they don't want it at all. You know, there's something to be said uh, for border security. You know, uh, you know, CACO, among others, have said, you know, you need to bolster border security. Whether that includes a wall or not, though, uh, you know, that's real. That really hasn't been part of their uh, part of any of their proposals. I know in talking to Caco about this, you know, when he talks about border security, he's talking about beefing up uh, the border patrol. Uh, you know, having uh, a greater presence along you know certain border crossings and that kind of thing, uh, and trying to combat the flow. Uh, uh, or crack down on the flow of undocumented immigrants into the country. And, 
you know, it's certainly more a thought-out proposal than build a wall. And, uh, you know, the for two years, uh, uh, Trump had uh, Republicans in the House, Republicans in the Senate, and now uh, the government is uh, uh, shut down, at least partially. Uh, the Department of Defense isn't impacted by it, at least as of yet. Um, depending on how long this goes for, it would have to go on for a long time for that to happen, but uh, many other agencies are. Uh, and so... Uh, one of the, you know, one of the questions here is, you know, how long does this go on for? Will, uh, is Trump willing to continue this, uh, knowing that it would be certainly detrimental to him? You know, you look at the polls, uh, right now people are blaming him for the shutdown. And, you know, there's a, there's clips out there of a meeting with, uh, Senate Minority Leader, uh, Chuck Schumer and House Speaker, uh, Nancy Pelosi in which Trump uh, said that he would take responsibility for the shutdown uh, over over the wall uh, because he knew full well that uh, Democrats uh, weren't going to go for it. Uh, and, you know, yes, they, they could have forced through a bill that uh, would have given $5 billion for the wall. Uh, this had, It was passed by the House. The Senate uh, could have used the nuclear option. Uh, and passed it. Uh, this was at the end of December, but Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell wasn't about to do that. Um, uh, kind of taking a long view on things that uh, you know, the rules have already been adjusted for certain things. Uh, Supreme Court nominees, for example, um, and so uh, you know, looking at this, uh, what would it do to the uh, to the future of the Senate? Uh, if you're passing uh, especially budget bills uh, in such a way, um, then you know the the sixty vote uh, you know kind of the sixty vote uh, approach uh, would be obsolete, and you could force anything through that you wanted as long as you were in the majority. So, uh, so that bill didn't go anywhere. McConnell resisted, uh, didn't want to force anything through, and now you have a situation where you have Democrats in control of the House. Republicans in the Senate, Trump, a Republican in the White House. Um, so we'll see where this goes. Uh, you know, now that it's been going on for more than three weeks, we'll see if anyone uh, blinks. Uh, but so far, no one has. Uh, I'll wrap it up there uh, for this edition of the Ion New York podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a preview of Governor Cuomo's uh, State of the State and Budget Address. Uh, and then we'll have other podcasts throughout the week. So thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.